what have you ever learned worth learning while you were talking? Has hearing the sound of your own voice ever provided valuable education? I mean, these days, there is just so much that we can talk about. And whether it's over a, a family dinner or at work or anywhere else, I mean, think about the list. You've got COVID, the endless list of problems that that has created for the world. Well, you also have some really, really serious, significant, what some people would call wicked issues that are coming from systemic racism, anger, embarrassment, a lack of a sense of what to do. Lots to talk about there. Oh, and don't forget, here comes the politics. Where the great question, at least for me, is can someone who can't seem to get out of his own way actually be reelected as the president of the United States? So as I have been part of these conversations over the past few weeks, certainly, as I might have mentioned to you before, I have a bit of an obsession with just listening. And I have redoubled the efforts since March to make sure that I was really, really listening carefully. So as part of that listening and learning process that I've been on, I came upon a documentary. And I sat down in the middle of the day here in my office and watched it. It was called, I Am Not Your Negro. And it was the story of the truly famous uh, black writer, essayist, playwright, James Baldwin, and an unfinished book um, that was about the, the assassinations of uh, Dr. King, Malcolm X, and Medgar Evers. And one of the quotes that truly, truly jumped out of the documentary was when Baldwin said, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it's faced. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Where I want to take a few minutes of time today is to focus in on literally one of the words and what it means and what it can mean to all of us. And that is where he chooses the word faced. It's a word that flows nicely within the quote, but to me, it may be the most important implication of the quote because what he is saying, at least as I hear it, is that it is the facing of an issue that begins the path toward potential making of better. Not maybe perfect solution, but until that facing takes place, nothing gets better. When I sit and talk to, whether it's clients or friends or family, about this entire issue of what has become called a few things, difficult conversations, hard conversations, important conversations, and I offer up my thoughts around the process that I call constructive candor, it really 
lines up in a very parallel way as guidance, regardless of the conversation that you're getting into, but it offers important guidance when things get hard. So whether it's COVID, whether it's racism, whether it's politics, whether it's change at work, the question is, how are you showing up to these conversations in a way that heightens the chance that things will be faced in such a way that real change can take place? So let's just take one for example. I have heard from friends about conversations that occur on Black Lives Matter, on the on the agreements and disagreements about cause and effect and all the rest. And that these conversations literally, as one person told me, can go two hours. And at the end of the two hours, despite the best of efforts, they're in stalemate. And they're left to hopefully, in a very sincere way, agree that to disagree, as the saying goes, but also most importantly, I think, as a result of your efforts to approach the most difficult problems of our time, can you resolve out of a place of respect and trust and hope, can you resolve to at least, for the lack of a better phrase, keep the door open to take that conversation further at another point, to keep the conversation going. That, even in a time where you have attempted to face an issue, that is the best we can hope for. But here's the tough news. That, honestly, despite it being a good story and a hopeful one, that's not happening very much. I am much more, if you will, confronted or surrounded at times by stories where people enter into the conversation really just to hear their own voice, where they enter into the conversation out of an absolute commitment that they are right and that the other side is wrong. That is not the kind of facing that is going to bring about healthy change. The only, in my opinion, and across the years that I have done this, the only positive, potential, productive crack in the door exists when we walk into that room determined to listen to other people's stories, to listen and be determined to hear other people's stories. Understand the different dynamic that that does. You know if you're entering into the room to hear a person's story, of course it's listening, but it's also it's also asking them real questions. Therein lies at least a step toward, at a minimum, better conversations. And that's what Baldwin reminds you of. That's what I believe. That's what I encourage. That's what I invite you to consider from the quote. One last thought. 
as I conduct these courses, as I conduct these courses on constructive candor, inevitably somebody will raise their hand in the group and say, but what if it doesn't work? First thing that always fascinates me is no one ever asks me what happens if it does work. That's a side. But more than that, that again is what Baldwin is referring to when he says, not everything that is faced can be changed. Some of this is going to take much more. I hope that these few minutes have given you some thoughts in this incredibly challenging time and that you enter into that room seeking other stories because that's the pathway to facing what we seek.